0: Up, Dolph fans, and welcome into the Wednesday, September the twenty-fifth edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we've got the all twenty-two film to dissect a lot of bad. And we'll try to focus on the good and get you up to speed on the defense and running game. Plus, a couple of roster moves and what those mean. And it is crossover Wednesday with Locked On Chargers. All of that and more but first before any of it i kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast leave us a rating leave us a review you can find me on twitter at wingfield nfl the number one follow on dolphins twitter as voted by dolphins twitter and of course the show at locked on fins will follow you back Check out LockedOnDolphins.com. We have the Josh Rosen charting project. We'll have the game preview for you guys tomorrow. Tons of good content there. And last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. That's another Miami Dolphins couple of roster changes to report here real quick and the ramifications of those changes. The Dolphins cut Tank Carradine again for the second time this month and they brought in some offensive line help, giving the Dolphins 10 linemen on offense and just 5 on defense. Just a bit of speculation here, but it makes me think that maybe Jesse Davis is not going to be ready to go on Sunday, which if you remember, they've got Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa over there, so ee. Who's going to play left tackle? I'm not really sure. Michael Dieter again? That probably should not be the case. And as I indicated, that's not his position. I even asked him what he preferred to play back in training camp, and this was his response. All-time all starts record at Wisconsin on the offensive line, and that was a left tackle, left guard center. Is there a preference you have? Is there been some cross-training going on so far in camp?
1: Um, There isn't a preference. I, I mean, any any spots, an offensive line spot, so I'm good with all of it. But um, I would say I'm most comfortable with inside somewhere um, so that's about it and then I've, I've worked a little bit of right guard if have uh, worked some right guard and OTAs and then a little bit today a little
0: bit of right guard so we had a great quote last year from Josh Sitton who said the changing sides on the offensive line is like trying to learn how to wipe your butt with the other hand is that uh, <laughs> is that accurate to say that's that's a good
1: quote but I think it's probably not as hard because it's still like offensive line I mean there's a little different and then the stance a little different but I think switching
0: wipe your butt would be way harder (laughs) I just love getting that last comment in there where he says wipe your butt because how often can you get a football player to say that good stuff but you heard him say it the side doesn't really matter to him but he does prefer to be on the inside which makes perfect sense because he's just much better in that phone booth role than he is out on the edge you watch his kick slide it's a position that just does not suit his skill set but the new addition Andrew Donnell is a tackle by trade he was a fifth round pick in 2015 he played with the Rams the Ravens and the Lions and now Miami I wouldn't get too crazy excited about this move he was out there and available for a reason the other move was a practice squad swap that happened on Monday the Dolphins swap out a defensive tackle who played his college ball in Florida for another one Jamius Pittman of UCF is gone in his place is Gerald Willis from the U that's it for the news and if you're new to the Locked On Dolphins podcast now is the time to remind you you guys can find these video breakdowns from the all 22 film up on my twitter feed at Wingfield NFL And with that, let's go ahead and jump into the All-22 before we get into crossover Wednesday. And let's go ahead and start on the defense. We did the passing game yesterday. And just to further that note a little bit, I really like the way Preston Williams gets himself into advantageous positions with a little bit of crafty work off the line of scrimmage. He's got a good release. I think he needs to clean up the top of the route a little bit. And of course, he has to catch the football, but he's got the goods, man. And also one more offensive note, Mike Kosicki, he was not asked to stay in for pass protection one single time. a big improvement from the Adam Gase era that in and of itself should be super encouraging to you and though he's not producing a lot he's catching everything they throw him and he's playing with much more functional strength which I thought was a massive key for him coming into the year he's been a focal point of the versatile type of offense they want to be he helps them stay fluid between 12 and 11 personnel and I think he has a role going forward because of that okay let's finally talk some defense here and the coverage concepts on the back end was my favorite part of the game they did a good job of changing the picture post-snap from man-free, cover three, two deep looks, and combo coverages with man on one side, zone on the other. That did a good job of confusing Dak Prescott a few times, and Bobby McCain really had a hell of a game. His instincts are good for the position. He might be putting it together back there. I think that's one of the focal points to watch going forward on this defense. Johnson Batamosi and Steven Parker I thought had some moments, but the crazy thing is, the worst player in the secondary on Sunday was Xavier Howard. The first touchdown to Amari Cooper was a poor technique or just getting beat by Amari Cooper. He tries the inside hand jam, which is one of his patented moves. Then he panics once it fails and grabs a hold and gets beat. Just his bad play kind of cavalcated from there. I really hope he gets that fixed because later on, Cooper gets him again on a concept designed to attack the Dolphins' zone coverage. And though X is expecting help on the inside, he has to know that the seam route takes away that help and he's late to get over, doesn't break on the ball. It looked like a lack of effort from me. We'll see if he gets that fixed, but it was not a good game for Xavier Howard on Sunday. Devon Godshaw was really good in this one, knocking offensive linemen back regularly. Christian Wilkins had some moments, also had some not-so-good moments. Avery Moss, John Jenkins, Charles Harris, and Taco Charlton were all really bad in this game. So was Jerome Baker. He's just not playing fast like he was in camp. He's constantly a step slow. I continue to be impressed by Raekwon McMillan for his sure tackling, playing through some blocks, and some recognition and showing through. There was a rep I put on Twitter of him recognizing the vertical set from the left tackle and playing the draw, getting upfield, and forcing Zeke Elliott to change directions, and eventually Zeke slips because of that. McMillan's had the best year, I think, so far of the linebackers, albeit he's been in the most limited role between he, Baker, and Aguavin. Aguavin had his best game, but still, he has not been great at getting off blocks. And we've got crossover Wednesday here to come on this edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And that game is back at home at Hard Rock Stadium. And if you guys want to check out the game, make sure you do it with Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code kickoff at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Vivid Seats is a great life hack for getting to sports and concert events. But you want to hear about the ultimate life hack? I want to tell you guys about Blinkist. It's hard to find the time to sit down and read and learn more. When you don't have free time, you can't read or work on personal development. There is an incredible app that solves this problem, and I highly recommend it. It's called Blinkist. Blinkist is unique and it works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. It takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. If you're like me and you're a college student and you don't want to read 100 pages a week, you can use Blinkist to expedite the process and get you the information you need in a shorter amount of time. Blinkist is made for busy people who want to get the main points out of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 8 million people are using Blinkist right now. It has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers list, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you've always meant to read, but never had the time to. And right now with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash locked on to try it free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com slash locked on to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash locked on. And maybe you use Blinkist to get yourself some information on some Kama Sutra or some new moves in the bedroom, but your guy still isn't performing for you. And that's why I'm here to tell you guys about BlueChew.com. Listen up, BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So, you know, they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach after you've done your homework. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code MLB. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, as in Major League Baseball, to try it today for free. Blue Chew is the better. Cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. A little piece of advice for everybody out there in Dolphin land. If you're going to talk crap about somebody behind their back through a DM, make sure you don't send the DM to the person you're talking crap about. Like happened to me on Tuesday, another Dolphins podcast out there was saying something about me blocking people on Twitter. And he sent me the DM and it was just hilarious to get trash talk to my face and then have to watch him back it up. That was kind of funny. But as far as the blocking on Twitter goes, if your only aim on there is to troll me and be an a-hole and insult me and tell me how dumb or bad my takes are then you can expect a block because I'm not going to sit here and read through thousands and thousands of mentions of people saying stuff like that. I've become much more quick on the block trigger finger these days. So I just don't get this whole mentality. Like when did we start being antagonistic a-holes and then get offended or play the victim role when there's repercussions for that. Like I hate the anonymity of Twitter because of that reason, people feel like they can say whatever they want and then they call you a name after you block them. It just blows my mind. I just want people to be better in general, especially on Twitter because it's easy to be fake on Twitter and just do things without the threat of consequences. And I'm gonna treat my Twitter like I treat people in real life for the most part and try to be fair with everybody. Apparently not everybody can play by those rules, But nonetheless, let's go ahead and move on here and finish up this film study and really just briefly talking about the running game and the offensive line. We covered them on the passing edition yesterday's show where I talked a lot about the passing game and offensive play calling. But as far as the running game goes, it just has to be better for this offense to have any chance. And I'm not just talking about the offensive line. The running backs were so bad in this game. I think the O button on Kenyon Drake's controller was stuck because he kept doing that spin move over and over again, even into contact with poor ball security. And that led to the fumble, but it seemed like he was doing that every time he touched the ball and it just doesn't work. He doesn't look decisive right now, doesn't have the big play ability in him right now. Something's going on there. He's got to get better. And speaking of getting better, Kalen Balazs is a whole mess of problems right now. I talked about it on the podcast yesterday, 82nd out of 86 backs in terms of yards after contact. His side-to-side agility is that of a boat. No real plan when he takes the handoff. The poor vision we saw at Arizona State is showing up here in Miami, and the lack of lateral agility and poor vision combined is a death note for a running back in the NFL. On the offensive line, Jamarcus Webb and Michael Dieter were both pretty bad at tackle. I thought Daniel Kilgore was okay, but he has a lot of responsibilities like reach blocks in this offense that I just don't think he's good enough to get to. I think center will be a big, one of the most important positions to add this offseason, probably pretty high in the draft. Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma is a great prospect for that spot. Danny Isadora, I just don't think he's in at right tackle, falls off blocks really easily. Jesse Davis was okay before he got hurt, looking better in pass pro, at least for now. And Evan Bame, I guess it's Bame, not Bohm, was actually my favorite of the entire bunch. He had some nice work. So that's the All-22. Check out my Twitter timeline, at NFL for more clips on that. And here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, let's go ahead and turn the page and get to my interview with Locked On Chargers. And joining me now are the hosts of the Locked On Chargers podcast. They are David and John. What's up, fellas?
2: Hey, how's it going, Trey? Good to talk to you about some football always. Uh, Coming off of a bad loss, but uh, hey, I mean, more football to come. It's still very short in the season.
0: Yeah, I feel like the Chargers are one of these teams that tends to not live up to expectations every year. And that was the Dolphins' uh, mantra for a long time, until the tank began. So maybe you guys are kind of taking our place as far as disappointing yourselves every year. But I want to ask you a question. As you know, I, I talked about this in our email correspondence, David, that Dolphins fans are just not all that jazzed up about the games this year but I do want to get some insight on this Chargers team as this has the makings of a get-right game for them, in my opinion. So first, can you guys just kind of tell me why are the Chargers 1 and 2? Like Besides the injuries, why is this team losing to Detroit and a Houston team that they had down by 10 points in that second half?
2: I mean, I'll, I'm going to let John take this one uh, here uh, after I say this, but just stupid mistakes, a lot of bad penalties. Uh, putting will put themselves in a really, really bad position. Would you agree with that, John?
1: Yeah, we should really be 0-3 if you're really thinking about it. As easily as we could be 3-0, and we could be 0-3. The Colts game that went to overtime, Adam Vinatieri missed seven points worth of kicks in that game. We were up 24-9, to and the Colts came back to tie it. If Adam Vinatieri has all his points, that game is 31-24. Doesn't make it to overtime. The Lions game, two missed field goals, fumbling the ball at the one-yard line. Phillip Rivers on the last chance to win or tie the game while in field goal range throws it up in a double coverage intercepted the Texans game not making any second half adjustments it's all been second half stuff really we all we were doing really good in the first half of every single game 24 to 9 10 to 6 and 17 to 7 were all of our halftime leads and we lost all of them it's really making no adjustments if you Want to really get into it. Stupid mistakes are part of it, too, because, I mean, that Lions game, we had two touchdowns on the same drive that we fumbled at the one called back for penalties. But there's no adjustment. This coaching staff is just stubborn. They don't want to make a adjustment on the line. They don't want to play their new guys in Drew Tranquil, Nazir Adderley, or make Forest Lamp finally make an appearance on the line. They're stubborn in their ways. They want these certain guys to play. They want to go with this certain game plan. We played against Jalila Adai on the Texans. I'm pretty sure he gave a lot of hints on how to beat the Chargers. Because if I was at the game, and I had a good view of the field. It was like as if the Chargers wide receivers had magnets inside of them, and the Texans just stuck to them wherever they went. It's so predictable.
0: Well, if your guys' second-half woes are your problems, and it's definitely a get-right game for you against the Dolphins because I don't have the exact numbers on this, but I know they've been outscored in the second half by about 375,000 points so far. So that's definitely a good opportunity for the Chargers to get right there. Another spot I'm curious about this Chargers team because, to me, this is probably the best pass-rush duo in the National Football League between Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa, but they're not getting home right now. What's going on with those two guys?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with going up against a, a couple of decent offensive linemen, or excuse me, a, a couple of decent offensive line groups. But, yeah, I don't think the Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, has really put them in the best position to succeed. I mean, you saw uh, when they did get pressure, they were mixing things up, putting them both, rushing them both from the same side. Uh, But yeah, they don't blitz as much either. And that's, you know, hey, these guys can feed off of that blitz. And also it's down in distance. I mean, the Chargers are, are, are letting their opponents really get in those third and manageable situations. And it's not really putting that pass rush in the best position to pin the ears back and go get after the quarterback. I'd like to see them blitz a lot more often. And I think they'd be much more effective.
0: Well, you guys had an opportunity to help the Dolphins last Sunday by beating the Texans because Miami owns Houston's first over or first round draft pick, and we also want our own first pick to be good as well, so hopefully more losses are away coming from you guys, but we're going to talk more about this Dolphins-Chargers matchup on the other side here of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network on Crossover Wednesday, but first, at the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, and watch some ball game-winning touchdowns on two-minute drives, running backs racing down the sidelines with no one in sight to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. So do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag. Nobody gives you more ways to win than they do. MyBookie's got the fastest payouts and better lines than any other sportsbook. Don't forget, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on and mybookie.ag is the best in the business. I wouldn't be telling you guys about them if they weren't the best. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, teasers, parlays, whatever it is, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Segment number three here on Crossover Wednesday on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I've got Dave and I've got John of the Locked On Chargers podcast. We are discussing the game Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida at one o'clock Eastern Time. The one and two Chargers with a chance to get right against the 0 and three Dolphins. And we certainly wouldn't oblige down here in Miami. So my question to you guys now, and you can take this one at a time or however you want to do it, but is there an area where this Dolphins team can attack the Chargers on offense and on defense? Give me one for each side of the ball, if you guys would.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So on the uh, offensive side for the Dolphins, I will say that they probably need to run the ball. I think there's definitely a, a deficiency at run uh, in the run defense of the Chargers. Their defensive lines not getting a lot of uh, not. Outside of Bosa and Ingram, who have been really good in the run game, have not really been giving uh, getting a lot of uh, uh, not getting a lot of run stops and uh, uh, on the defensive line. So I would definitely try to exploit that and try to run the ball effectively with Kenny and Drake.
0: And how about the defensive side? We'll go to the we'll go to uh, John. Scott and Sam
2: Tevi
1: are absolutely horrible, and if you go after them, you can get anywhere. Really, it's the key to success against the Chargers, and if you can get Phillip Rivers to run outside the pocket, good things could happen for you. He's not going to take off and make a 60-yard run or be dangerous like Lamar Jackson was. So you get him out of the pocket, force him to throw the ball away or make a desperate attempt to make something happen, he might throw a pick. And you got to double and triple team Keenan Allen, really. If you keep him from making catches, there's nobody else on this team that will really take over the game yet this year. Mike Williams is supposed to be that guy. But he he's not getting the targets. His most targets in the game is seven, while Keenan Allen has gotten like 13 and 14. He has 42 targets through the first three games, while Mike Williams is the next closest with 15. So if you shut down Keenan Allen, attack the tackles, you can have a good day against the Chargers.
0: That was a good segue for me because I started my Dolphins Chargers preview article today. I haven't finished it yet, but one of the things I looked at was that Phillip Rivers takes three and five step drops more than just about anybody else in the league, and they also go after Keenan Allen time and time again. I assume that Xavier Howard, off of one of the worst performances in his career Sunday in Dallas, will probably draw Mike Williams and they'll probably bracket Keenan Allen on the other side of the ball, but you talked about Phil Rivers and I want to ask you guys this question. I always ask the Locked On Patriots host about Tom Brady because I'm just ready for him to get the hell out of the AFC East but I'll actually like Phil Rivers I like this Chargers team I have no animosity towards this team but how much longer is this guy going to play and I do know that the Chargers were kind of in on the Josh Rosen idea this offseason is that something they might circle back to because Miami could wind up drafting Tua Tungavailoa first overall I think that's the odds on favorite right now and if that happens they might deal Josh Rosen so would you be interested in Rosen and is Phil Rivers going to be there for two three four more years
2: so I think as far as Philip Rivers is concerned, I think that the NFL and people inside the Chargers building definitely expect him to re-sign with the Chargers. I, I think that realistically, I think Philip has probably two to three more years left in him, I, I think. And, you know, he's not going to be playing for any other teams. I think we're all pretty safe in that assumption. Uh, and as far as Josh Rosen is concerned, I don't know if the Chargers are going to have any type of interest in him at this point. I think it would depend on how that contract looks like for Phillip. Uh, but they do have to start thinking about his successor at some point. Phillip Rivers is still playing at a very high level. So, you know, and obviously has, is the NFL's Iron Man as he has played the most consecutive starts uh, in a row by any player in the NFL currently so yeah that longevity knock on wood that continues but um yeah i, I think it's definitely something they should entertain but i don't think uh, from a team standpoint that they're actually going to do that
0: yeah it seems like really hope they don't you hope i'm sorry say that again
1: i really hope they don't uh, rosen is overrated in my mind he may have been a first round pick but he is overrated he is not someone we need on the Chargers. we need an actual franchise qb that we need to draft if rivers leaves
0: yeah that's that's kind of my thought too as far as where he's going long term he played well on Sunday or at least as well as he could have played I think but there's still a long way to go for him there and he's just going to have to do so much to overcome the Dolphins having the first pick in the draft in what looks like a very very good quarterback class so I got to ask you guys here Um, I don't care who gives it to me but I want to know let's go ahead and come back to the game on Sunday what's the score going to be how bad will the Chargers win this game because I assume you both have a W in your back pocket here
2: yeah, I mean, I think this is obviously the perfect opportunity to, you know, as you said, get right. I mean, the, the Chargers had two really bad losses where they definitely beat themselves because they couldn't put it together in the second half. I think uh, they are going to bounce back here against the Miami Dolphins, and I think it'll probably be a 30-17 to 17 victory on Sunday.
0: All right, so that's your score prediction. David, what about you, John?
1: Uh. <laughs> We have not won in Miami since 1981, and the Chargers have been, as we like to say, chargering, which is finding ways to beat themselves when they're supposed to win games. I don't think we're winning this game, and I have us losing 17 <laughs> 13. I
0: think I, I think you're in for a surprise, just how bad this Dolphins team is. But hey, we'll see what happens. I know that 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 uh. West Coast trip coming east for the Chargers has not been kind, especially in South Florida, but I appreciate the support for the Dolphins because that's the first time I've heard anybody predict a win for us this year in an 0-16 projected season, but that's why they play the games on Sunday, so we'll see you guys for that. They are David and John of the Locked On Chargers podcast every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. David, can you tell us first and then John where we can find you guys online?
2: Absolutely. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown LAC as well as on Facebook at the Facebook name Lockdown Chargers.
0: All right, thank you so much, fellows, and away they go. We're going to have the preview entirely from the Dolphins and Chargers from my own perspective on LockedOnDolphins.com tomorrow, as well as the LockedOnDolphins podcast, as always. We'll discuss some analytics and some Warren Sharp stats as far as personnel usage, talk about the schemes and the players the Chargers offer, all that fun stuff. We'll have the mailbag on Friday and college football Friday, as well as the lock of the week. I'm going to go positive this week. I am 0 for 3, I think, right now on the lock of the week right now. Either way, it's not good enough. I have to be better. I'm going to go out on a sort of limb this week, but it will be positive. But that's all for Friday's show. As for today's show, that's going to be my time. You all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Chargers podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins. Keep up to date on on the Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Wednesday night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a preview edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. South Park season premiere tonight. Check that out.